0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Denver, Colorado, it's time for Franchise Bible Coach Radio. Now, here are your hosts.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Franchise Bible Coach Radio podcast with Rick and Rob. I'm Rick Grossman, and I'll be your co-host today along with my co-host, Rob Gandley, and I'll introduce him in a minute. But I'm excited about today's show because it's a one uh, number one in a series of four that we're going to be doing over the next several months. And we're going to be exploring the firsthand experience of someone going through the process of franchising their business. And so we have a very, uh, very special guest today. We have the CEO and founder of Eagle One Group from Cincinnati, Ohio, Mike Hutzel. And Mike is going to... uh, kind of share his firsthand experience with us, not only today, but uh, through the article uh, that I'll post as a, as a as an article post that'll match up and align with this podcast. But for the next several months, as he moves through the process of franchising, uh, not only himself, but his team and his family and, and the people around him and his customers and clients and and answer some of those burning questions that you may have, If you are a business owner that's been thinking about franchising, but just can't quite wrap your head around what it looks like, what it feels like. And uh, this is your chance to peek behind the curtain of someone going through the experience. So first of all, we wanna thank Mike for being uh, willing to go through this process and share with us and his team as well. And uh, very excited to kind of unpack this over the next few months. So thank you, Mike. And welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yes, You're we're welcome. very very excited to um, go through this process with you, Mike. So I'm going to turn it over to my co-host, Rob Gandley, and he's going to get started with some introductory questions, and then we're going to start getting into it. So Rob, take it away.
2: All righty. Well, hey, it's great to be here, and, and it's exciting. Um, you know, franchising is such a great concept for business growth, and And, you know, when you're a visionary, like guys like Mike, you know, and get that vision out there uh, at a much greater scale. It's exciting to see. And we're right at the beginning stages here. This is an experienced business and uh, they do great work. Now now we can take it to another level. And this is what we're doing today is is taking the step by step and taking you through this journey uh, with Mike. And so it's it's great to have him. I just want to take a quick uh, to say thank you to our, our sponsor. Entrepreneur Franchise Advisor, Entrepreneur Magazine. Thank you for their support of both the Franchise Bible, the book, and and of the show here. So again, it's great to have Mike Hudson on board here today. Uh, So Mike, as we jump into the the interview here, I wanted to ask you, like the very first thing we like to talk about is, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to where you are? How did Eagle One become uh, Eagle One? And, And then a little bit about the business model and who you serve.
0: Yeah, so my my partner Diane and I guys have have been in the industry for thirty years. Um, back in the fall of nineteen ninety, and it's it's had its own sort of evolution during that time. We we uh, really started out as a as a call center operation and kind of evolved into what we call ourselves today, uh, which is a full services marketing firm. The, uh, the thing that got us here, I would say a lot of prayer, a lot of hard work, a lot of uh, treating folks like family. Um, we, we really are big on our culture. So uh, I, I think that, you know, just, just the grit and determination and, and again, just making sure we're doing the right things along the way, uh, I, I, those are the kinds of things I would attribute to, to getting us to where we are today. Um, In terms of our model, uh, we're technically a B2B uh, organization, uh, so all of our clients are businesses. Um, Those businesses comprise, though, both B2B and B2C. Um, We are technically client agnostic, uh, and if I were in front of a prospect, what I would say is we're a group that has three service lines, customer experience lead generation and digital marketing Uh, inside those three lines we have 12 different core competencies uh, and we can get into those at some point Uh, but what we like to tell a client is we're part technology and part people and we're united states based we're also part bricks and mortar and uh, part remote workforce so that's that's served us well over the years as well
1: very nice getting a good uh Explanation for starters, one of the things that we always want to focus on when we're franchising of new business businesses uh, clarity in the offering and uh, Mike and his team have created a business model that's uh, very effective and very efficient and they have a very clear idea of what a franchise owner would do uh, when they operate uh, an outlet of theirs in a, in a given market. So very, very good first step. So Mike, the theme this week is your firsthand decision process and the mindset that you experienced when making a decision to become a franchisor and in being a franchise consultant and coach for many, many years and franchising two of my own businesses uh, before I decided to become a coach, uh, I understand the process. Of, of making the decision to become a franchisor, of course, because that's what we do every day. But when you are on the other side of the fence and you're you have a successful business, uh, you have uh, people probably telling you things like you should expand and you should open more offices. And boy, I wish I had one of these in my neighborhood. I would certainly use it or or even people saying I'd like to open up a branch of my own. Of your business in my neighborhood you hear things like that and I think a lot of business owners as a matter of fact I know a lot of business owners hear that quite often and uh, that gets people thinking about it it gets people thinking about well what if I did expand and I know that a lot of people have told me that there's a lot of excitement uh, in that process but there's also some fears you know about losing possibly control, or or growing too fast, or or changing the the quality, and so all of those things go through your mind. and And so the theme today, we're going to go through different stages over the next several months and four different parts. And the first part uh, is the mindset and the decision making to become a franchisor, because that's always the first step. I always say you can't try franchising. You either do it or you don't. It's a it's a long process. It's a lot of work. And it, and it definitely takes uh, some investment uh, financially and of time. And you want to be sure you're ready for it. So you have people that are on the other side of the fence wondering, should I do this? And then we'll go into the second stage, which is kind of building out of all the franchise Uh, parts of the system and and kind of shoring up of the different things. And then we'll go into launching and and onboarding your first franchises and then growing and and, and going into a a national or international brand. And so those are the four stages we're going to cover. But today we're talking about the first step in a journey, which is making the decision to become a franchisor. So when you think about that question, Mike, when do you first begin When did you first begin thinking about it and why?
0: So I think for us, um, you know, of course, everyone has their own story for 2020. Um, Everybody lived it. They know what it is. Um, When we entered 2020, um, one of the things that one of I, I mentioned earlier, we're client agnostic. So one of the verticals that we happened to be deep in was the franchise space. So we had some exposure and experience with franchising and servicing franchises and the, the good, the bad, the ugly, all that came along with that. Um, prior to 2020, what what we realized in 2020, um, because it was such a banner year for us, uh, and I say that with the, the utmost humility, because I know for a lot of people, it was not that um, we we just like everyone else, we were planning on bat batting down the hatches and uh, trying to figure out what was next. What we realized was we knew going into 2020 that because of our technology and our people and the fact that we we have this agnostic approach, it makes us somewhat recession resistant. Um, what we didn't realize until 2020 happened was we were also pandemic resistant, um, where most people last year were firing and furloughing. Uh, we had the good fortune of hiring and growing and, and still servicing our clients. Um, I, I would attribute that to a lot of things, but what we realized because of all the ugly that 2020 was, um, what we, what we saw was the same thing everybody else saw. A lot of good, hardworking people out of work. And for us, that meant taking a look because 2020 was also introspective in a lot of ways. Um, we really wanted to, to think through the process of how can we help these people who are, are good, hardworking people that want to do the right thing, want to have a, a balance between work life and family life. Uh, and in our model, it's, it potentially is a work from home type of environment, which everybody got used to last year. Uh, and so, r- really, those those kinds of factors really came into play for us because we, we are so focused on our people internally. We're focused on our clients as people. And in this case, we have the opportunity to share that for folks who are looking for their next chapter in their career or or to add on to whatever they're doing professionally. And they can do it in a way where it's it's proven to be, again, recession resistant and p- potentially pandemic resistant.
2: Absolutely. You know, I mean, and, and I know for Rick and I, we, uh, we talk to folks a lot, right, in different business models, different industries. And, you know, that was usually one of the first things we talked about in 2020 with our with our guests is, you know, how are you dealing with the pandemic and, and you know, kind of really analyzing, is, it, is this industry, this model pandemic proof, right? We started really getting in, zeroing in on that. What is that exactly? and it's it is important it, you know we would we would absolutely say that and i think it's going to be on people's minds going forward absolutely so, t- tell us a little bit more you know mike i mean what are some of the, the typical struggles that you you kind of had just you know as you started to make this decision and make some choices what were some of the the, the struggles you've had so far just getting started
0: yeah so i mean it kind of goes back to uh, a couple of core things we believe here um one we we believe people buy from people uh two we believe relationships really build businesses uh and because we're so focused on that 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 person or that people aspect of our business uh we also knew that um we would have to do that with franchisees it, it's it's very important that if if somebody's going to make the investment in us uh that they're they're a good cultural fit for us uh that they're good it's it's a good value system fit but that it's good for their family as well uh so we really we really spent quite a bit of time going through that mindset of can we really offer something that if somebody's going to invest in us invest in our brand can we really provide them some, something that's going to allow them to earn well and also balance that work life that work-life balance, um, so that they can, they can feel like they're proud of whatever it is they're building. Um, I think, I think another struggle for us, honestly, was, you know, after this many years of doing the same thing, uh, even though it's evolved, you know, one of the things we talked about internally was, can we really take you know, let's call it 30 years or decades of experience and take it out of our head and give it to someone else in a way that they feel not only good about what they're doing uh, and, and the kind of business they're growing, but can they can they really embrace it? Can they really understand it? Can, can we do a proper job of explaining it? So I, I think working through some of that internally, um, especially as we got really close to kind of taking the leap, that was a big, big concern for us, just to make sure that we're, we're you know, arming our, our franchisees with everything we can uh, in an effort to make them successful.
2: Yeah. I just uh, chime in real quick in that whenever we work with companies like yours, I mean, you solve one of the biggest challenges most companies run into when they, when they grow and they scale, and that is sales and marketing. And understanding how to do that right. So, just just being that—that's what you are. I know your franchisees will have some some boxes really well checked, you know, when it comes to that part.
0: Yeah. Again, I mentioned earlier we we've seen the good, the bad, the ugly in some of the space. Um, and what we're really excited about is, you know, we kind of joke around here, we drink our own Kool-Aid. Um, we're, we're really hoping that our franchisees will do that as well. I mean, we're trying to set it up
1: so that they understand why we drink the Kool-Aid, not just what flavor it is.
2: Exactly. There you
1: go. Yeah, that's a fair point, you guys, both of you that you mentioned that uh, Eagle One provides marketing and 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 lead gen services and, and customer experience services to franchise companies, both franchisors and franchisees, right, Mike? That's right. Yeah. So you got to see from firsthand experience the good, the bad, and the ugly of franchising. And the and still you made the decision to move forward with franchising. And so that shows us that when you get a peek behind the curtain, the franchise model is unlike any other model. It's, uh, of course, I'm a franchise geek, so I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit uh, more enthusiastic about it than others. But when you really boil it down, franchising is the most successful uh, business expansion model in the history of mankind so far. Uh, it's been something that's taken brands around the globe for many, many years and put more entrepreneurs into business than any other model that's been uh, created. So uh, good good uh, testimonial from that standpoint as well. But Mike, you've obviously decided to move forward and become a franchisor. And like I say in my book, when you become a franchisor, you are starting a whole new business. Yeah, you're in, a, you're in the franchise business as well as the business that you have so you're starting a new business that's exciting Uh, there's a lot of benefits that i that i talk about in the in the book franchise bible but you know the obvious ones are you can collect a franchise fee you can collect a royalty uh, or a commission split you can obviously grow an enterprise that's going to be financially uh, rewarding to you and your your company as well as your franchise owners Uh, and provide employment uh, for folks in different communities and provide great services to help local businesses grow. So those are all some of the obvious uh, benefits of franchising and expanding and having other people join and build your brand. And there's a lot of uh, real uh, obvious things that people think about when they franchise or want to franchise. But when you think about it, What are the benefits that kind of struck you and your team that convinced you that it was uh, a project that you wanted to take on and become a franchisor?
0: Yeah, um, that was a, as I was thinking through that question, Rick, I, for for us, you know, if I, if I look back, even over the last seven, 10 years or so, you know, our teams and their families, uh, they've really worked hard to make us who we are today, not just in terms of the, services we deliver, but it's, it's this internal idea of commitment, you know, commitment to the cause, uh, you know, putting, putting others first, uh, not losing sight of our faith and our family and our clients, those kinds of things. So I I think for, if I was, if I was to ask the team and I did, I did, I talked to them about it, about what, you know, what do you think is really exciting about this? And, you know, part of it was, is we get to expand that now. Um, Some of it's, Probably going to seem intangible long term, uh, but but there's real intrinsic value in it um, because our work is always focused on ROI, right? It, we we have this end game, this mission objective that that um, you know is very kind of black and white in our work, and you know, and, and there's not a lot of feel good that in that other than we're helping clients win with with the ability to expand the culture. Now, now we get to prove. Some of our, you know, inherent values, like you can do the right thing and make money. Uh, that it's okay to treat people like treat people, even though it's a business to business discussion. Right? There's still a person on the other end of that table. So, so I think that was probably the primary one for the for the team for sure. Um, you know, I think another one was was the idea that we had to this the to start the process. We had to really look into the proverbial mirror uh there was a there was a certain amount of introspection uh questions like would somebody really invest in us are we are we really doing that good of work that somebody wants to invest and embrace our brand for a lifetime and create a business so I, i think that helped us on a couple of levels one one was just getting real about who we are and where we are uh i think the other really beneficial aspect was the fact that the the team the executive team especially had to really get enlightened about each other's role through the process and so all of a sudden there was a certain amount of granular appreciation if you will that they had for one another they didn't they didn't realize all the roles and tasks that because they that was sort of outside their lane or outside their wheelhouse so, so, I think that built a certain amount of camaraderie with my executive team, um, and I, I think it's already, even though you know we're kind of in the early phases still, I, I think it's already showing benefits to our clients, to our systems, to how we're evaluating how we do things, uh, because it's a con- it's a continual evolution. So I was, I think those are the two things that really stood out for us.
2: That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So you you know you have. You have your team, you have your your, uh, your professional team, but you also have your family, right? And uh, when you make a big strategic shift like this with the company, how did you involve your family in this decision process and those close to you?
0: Well, I, I kind of chuckled when I, I saw that question because uh, th- there was really two major ways. Uh, and the first, I didn't really have a choice. So the first, uh, so our COO, Diane, um, she, she, uh, she, all things operations and she's really the backbone of our organization operationally. She serves as our COO and I call her Sergeant Major by day, but off duty, I call her mom. And so inherently we are this, this family run organization. And we, we both place our faith at a very high value. So we did a lot of praying. Uh, but we also just did a lot of talking. Is this really right for us? Is this the way we wanna go? Um, is it really beneficial for the folks who are coming on board from the outside, you know, the, the franchisees? So so she and I talked quite a bit uh, on a professional level, but also on a personal level. Uh, the, the other, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be doing this without my wife, Nicole. Um, honestly, uh, you know, I, I'm, I know it's gonna sound a little cliche, but I married my best friend Um, We even involved the boys, Dylan and Sam. Um, We talked to them, talked to them about what it meant, you know, what were the good things? What were the potential bad things? Uh, You know, out of the mouth of babes kind of thing. I mean, they're teenagers, but you know, I wanted to see if they had anything to say, what about this? What about that? Um, You know, I don't know that either one of my sons or any of our extended family will come into the business at all. Uh, Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but I wanted them to have a say because this kind of decision and the magnitude that it carries is going to add to our workload. It's going to uh, take away more free time. Uh, there's, we're going to have more commitments to more people. Those are all blessings. But I wanted them to embrace the idea that this was ultimately good for the family. And I, I wanted them to have a vote.
2: I, I think that's incredible. Uh, it says a lot about the way you communicate, the way you lead, the way you manage, and, and I think that's important. And Rick and I know um, what a, uh, the DNA of a, of a franchise brand, what it should be, right? But it always starts with the mindset of the leader, right? And and that you can't, that's just there, it's not. So anyone listening, Mike's here for a reason and it's because he knows what he's doing and he leads the right way. And you know, we like to talk about how that looks, but that's part of it is, is, is looking at both his team and his family as as one you know one one source right to to pull from and and to collaborate with and and to get input from and buy in from because it's so important down the road so that's incredible thanks thanks for sharing that
1: yeah absolutely i agree and you heard mike say a little earlier about uh, servant leadership and and in franchise bible i talk about the upside down pyramid and and that's a model that we've coined over the years for for coaching and teaching franchisors the most important thing in in being a leader in the franchise business is being a servant leader and uh, mike has embraced that his whole career uh, and that will be very useful and moving forward in the franchise business and and when i'm a coach for for franchisors and and we start with leadership and not only the the, the, the the CEO founder, but everybody on the team. And we look at how to improve their leadership skills and make sure that they're rowing in the same direction because they have a, a franchise network or a community of people that are gonna buy in and and rely on them to uh, kind of be their their guiding light. And so that becomes very important. So for those of you that are considering being a franchisor, Think about your leadership skills and think about how uh, you see yourself uh, leading your your franchise owner uh, network as you grow your brand around the country, around the world. It's very uh, very exciting. And the you know we talked about the benefits of franchising already, but the uh, the fun part starts when you start onboarding franchisees and you have your conventions and you have your. Uh, monthly webinars and you get to uh, hand out achievement awards and and really get to see people that uh, are their lives are impacted uh, in a positive way. And of course, I started my career as a franchisor of uh, two of my own brands. And it's very uh, rewarding to see uh, others make successful steps in their lives and provide for themselves and their families and put their kids through college and and uh, stand on their own two feet and really have an impact on their community and and innovate new amazing things and, and collaborate and bring new things to the franchise brand. And it's just a really, really great model when you look at it that way. So. Thank you for sharing that Mike. That's uh, kind of a little bit of a inside look at what it's like to, to kind of start out by making sure that your family is on board and, and supportive of what you're doing. And we do that with franchise prospects too. When when we have somebody looking at a franchise to purchase, we want to make sure that they have support from their families as well and that they've included them. So very important. So Mike, uh um, you, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but you have, you have a pretty significant team with your business model. Some of my clients that we work with uh, are just a, a small individual running a business and some, it's kind of a, a mom and pop operation where a husband and wife are working together. Uh, sometimes it's a partnership. Uh, sometimes it's a business that's pretty big and they have, you know, pretty sophisticated team like yours. So you have a pretty good sized team and, and a pretty significant business. Uh, Tell me a little bit about how you included your team members, your professional team members. And uh, one of the important things, and I can say this from experience is getting total buy-in because I've had experiences in the past consulting franchisors where the, the team certain members of their team weren't buying in to the overall project, which made it very hard and uh, can actually uh, stifle the progress of the entire franchise system if you don't get total buy-in. So that's absolutely necessary to move your franchise project forward in a positive way because you can't afford in the early days or any time really to have people on board that really don't support the effort. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you included your team members and how that looked, uh, as you started to make that decision to finally move forward.
0: Yeah, I would, I would say, um, for starters, it, some of it's in our history, uh, Rick, right? So the, I'll, let me use a simple example, um, in our Cincinnati office as, a, as, as just a, just a very basic example, we have two doors that you can get into the building. Uh, both have our logo on it, but one says guest entrance and the other says family entrance. It does not say employee. Uh, so it's, it's that kind of walking the walk, uh, those small things that matter. Uh, and so when, when you talked about buy-in from the executive team, when we, when Diane and I sat the team down, we had this sort of group announcement. Um, and it was, it was right before the holidays and, you know, I, we had already kind of broached the subjects here and there, but, and certainly got their opinions on things when we talked about it, they couldn't have been more excited. Uh, you know, so when we say our, our team is like family, we, we mean that yes. I, I, we kind of joke around here that we've got a lot of gray hair at, at the top. I, I really embrace that. Um, I can tell you that I'm the youngest member of our executive team. Uh, at, at the c-suite level I, I embrace those gray hairs i have plenty of my own of course but but the the you know where, where in some organizations that might be seen as top heavy or expensive or both uh, for us it's I, I get to wield decades of experience uh, per, per executive right um and and what what i like about it is is they're not only talented and bright their experience, right? So it's it's not they they have some of the the life experience that we need to overcome challenges, curveballs, etc. The other thing that we've sort of in our culture, especially at the executive level, our teams not afraid to tell Diana or I if it's a good idea or not or they're not afraid to tell us no. So they would have gladly told us no without the fear of consequence or they would have raised objections when we posed this idea to them. And we were we were grateful that no one did. Now they certainly pointed out concerns and what and had a lot of questions and those kinds of things. But but the fact that we did have the buy-in meant the world to Diane and I. Uh, and I can say that it's it's certainly shown
1: up in the early stages of this developmental process because everybody's all in. That's wonderful, and that's uh that's a definite an important thing to write down folks if you're kind of thinking about it a good place to start is with your family and your team to see if it's you get that total buy-in but having your team like family or or they are family is a good start because as you grow a franchise network you'll see they're just kind of like extended family and that's really the best way a lot of our franchisors call their annual convention the family reunion so very very good right rob yeah, no, man, it,
2: it's it, like I said, you know, we look at franchising. It, it, the concept of it is, is that's what it's about. It's about being in business with a group of people that are like family, right? And people that can lead, you know, be your Sherpa, lead the way and have done already done it, the hard work and learning that over the years. So having Having experience when you're dealing with a franchise brand is actually what you're investing in. Uh, they've done the hard work, right? They've, they've made some of those mistakes and they, they can, they can uh, help you avoid it. So those gray hairs are extremely valuable. Maybe I'm biased because I have gray hair too. <laughs> so uh, somehow that happened. I used to be the young buck, but now I'm the old guy. Um, but anyway, yeah, it does. It, you can't always replace that experience part, right? Until you do it. it. There's a lot of smart people, a lot of innovative people, but uh, having all those things and experience and I'll tell you, that's that's where you want to be. So yeah, that was great to hear.
0: Yeah, we're really hoping too, guys. That the because we're in the position we're in, um, we can afford to be selective along the along this process as well. Uh, you know, we're really going to be be um, adhering to our our faith, our values, those kinds of things. Uh, you know and, and again because we act like family we work like family but sometimes we fight like family that's okay that's good healthy that's good healthy work environment um and and we'll probably see some of that from the our franchisees maybe we will challenge us whatnot we're okay with that uh, as long as it's in the best interest of the group the, the raise all ships kind of mentality
1: yeah. agreed Very good. Well, gentlemen, we are getting close to the end of the show here. And uh, I want to thank uh, Mike. And of course, I know he's breaking away from his busy schedule and giving us this time on top of the rigorous work we've been giving him to uh, to franchise. And and just so you, you understand in the audience that we always work with busy people. You know, I've never had anybody come to me and say, hey, Rick, I want to franchise my business. I can give you 20 or 30 hours a week. Nobody has that time because they're running successful businesses, right? Um, so when we have a franchise project underway, we start with a project management uh, weekly meeting and we have tasks and we have updates and we have things that we work through and whatever pace. Uh, that works for the team. If you want to get your franchise up and running in 60 to 90 days, so we'll be a little bit more aggressive and, and that's kind of the pace we're on here with Mike's team. But if you want to take six months or more, then we can slow that down. It just depends on what your goals are. So uh, we got a little bit of an insight today on on what it looks like to make the decision to franchise your business. And of course, uh, I always say to folks, when you're asking your friends and family, maybe your extended family, uh, about whether or not you should franchise, or even some some people out there in the professional world, you may get kind of a mixed bag of, of concerns, because a lot of people don't understand franchising. And I think, Mike, you can probably uh, testify to that as well, that um that maybe they had a bad experience with a franchise or maybe they heard horror stories or or maybe they think well you're not a mcdonald's why would you franchise your accounting business i don't get that so you know you can find good resources on franchising in a lot of places uh, franchise bible entrepreneur.com uh, and a lot of things where people that get it can give you some good advice but just don't be discouraged if the people that you come in contact with don't understand franchising and maybe uh, don't uh, don't encourage you as much. But uh, but definitely listen to your wife or husband and and your kids when you make this decision as well as your your business team. So lots of ways we can help. And it's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. It's not something that you have to rush into. And so just make sure that you want to be a franchise or that's the big thing I always ask. So so since we're getting close to the end here, uh, Mike, I'm just going to ask you to share with our listeners one gold nugget, just a piece of advice that you would tell them if they're sitting there uh, on their couch thinking about franchising their business. Uh, from And I know it's early in the process, but you've gone through the decision making process and you've decided to move forward and you're underway. By the way, folks, he's about a month into the process now, maybe a little more, and, uh, and they are underway of becoming a franchisor and we want to give you these real world experiences as they move through it. So next month we'll be talking about what it feels like to build your franchise out and the process and the the different steps of building out the operations manual and the franchise documents and the marketing plans and and all the different uh, leadership aspects as well. But this one you you've accomplished this step. So what's the what's a gold nugget Mike that you'd like to share with the folks out there listening that are thinking Maybe I should franchise my business. Yeah, I would.
0: I would say uh, because I'm a history buff. I'm also an army brat. My 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 son's in boot camp for the Marines. Hence the background. Um, you know, I, I kind of toggled with this a little bit. There's there's two that are connected. Uh, one one quote uh, attributed to Julius Caesar. The other one is to General McAfee, who, uh who is famous for the Battle of the Bulge. For you for you uh, history buffs. Uh, I would say burn the boats, uh, is the first. And that's Julius Caesar's quote to, to, to Rick's point all in. Uh, we, we sort of have that mentality around here anyway. Uh, if once we've made a decision, we're going to go get it. And even if it, there's a hiccup or, or curveball or whatever, cause there always is, um, with General McCoffee at the Battle of the Bulge, when, when he was, uh, encouraged to surrender to the German troops, uh, he wrote a single word, nuts. It's nuts. You, you, there's there's just no chance. I'm giving up on this, and we're, we're going to push forward. And because there there have been days uh, so far even that have been difficult. The workload seems a little a little much on top of trying to run the business and service the clients. Uh, but but as we start to see it come to fruition. Uh, it's it's a lot like uh, you know a, a, an exercise program whether you start at the you know new part of the year or 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 boot camp for that matter you feel like you're you're really starting to see all the pieces come together so again make the decision burn the boats You don't don't give up it's nuts to to think you can turn back uh, it's it so I would just continue to push forward and when those difficult moments come to the, to the earlier parts of this discussion that we've had, lean on your family, lean on your team, lean on those folks who are kind of going through that stuff with you uh, because they're all feeling it. They're, same, they're feeling the same thing. And just rally the troops and and keep marching on.
1: That's great advice. And, yep. and that's the unique thing about, uh, about the systems we've created is that we stay with you and, And we know that a lot of people think that just getting all the documents and the manuals and everything together is the hard part. That's really the easy part. Uh, The hard part is what do we do when we onboard the first franchise owner and how do we get them set up and started and how do we make sure they succeed? And, and how do we, uh, how do we have those advice or those uh, set up your owner's advisory council and start planning your first convention? And, and how do we really go for what we call the hockey stick growth? uh instead of just kind of popping off a franchise once in a while how do we get into a momentum uh and and how do we really uh build a network of franchise owners that are all in and and choosing the right ones are a a big part of that right mike i mean we talked about that that uh we're not looking for everybody we're just looking for the right fit the people that really want to buy into eagle one and and really become part of your family and, and get out there and service the clients in their area And that's really what it's all about and buy into the ethos, the way you believe in running the business. And that's really exciting as well. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your time uh, on this first part. One of our exciting uh, real franchise experience. Part one, making the decision to franchise your business. So folks, make sure that you go to entrepreneur.com and look for the article. The real franchising experience part one making the decision to franchise your business just like the name of this show and you'll be able to read an article that has more detail and uh and more of the insights that we uh, were able to glean from mike hutzel from eagle one and uh the interview that we had with him today and uh some resources there for you as well and uh, do join us for our the rest of our four-part series uh, keep your eye out for it uh, and uh, join us for the rest of our four part series. If you're thinking about franchising and you just want to ask questions, you can get a hold of us through FranchiseBibleCoach.com. And there is a way where you can set up a uh, a question and answer uh, consultation for free. And there's also our 800 number there. If you want to have a an actual coaching session, there's a way to do that, too. So folks, if you're interested in learning more about franchising your business now or anytime during the process, you can go to entrepreneur.com forward slash franchise dash advisors forward slash franchise dash your dash business. So that's going to be it for us today. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Rob. Rob, any final thoughts?
2: No, this was great. I'm looking forward to the next sessions uh, with Mike. I'm looking forward to, to making that a franchise. It's a great business.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys having me, guys. Well, thank you, Mike. And we, we're excited too. And so, folks, if you're interested in learning more about Eagle One and uh, maybe even think that Eagle One could be a potential franchise fit for you or someone you know, uh, then certainly check out their website. What's a good website for them to check out now? The easiest Mike? one
0: to go to is www.eagle, the number or numeric one group.com. Eagle, common spelling, numeric one group.com.
1: Perfect. And if you have any trouble getting a hold of them, folks, you can find us at FranchiseBibleCoach.com and we will get you pointed in the right direction. So thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Franchise Bible Coach Radio podcast with Rick and Rob. I'm Rick Grossman signing off. Have a great week.